It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the NFL Draft Fanatics. I got the Hitman. I got Dan Rivera. You guys can find those guys on Twitter as well at Hitman428 and at Dan Rivera228. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL Draft 2021. This one will be held in Cleveland, Ohio. This year's draft will look more, you know, like the drafts that we've seen and that we're used to. Last year's draft, they did it virtually, but this year it will be in Cleveland. And we will have a number of draft prospects, media members, legends, and of course, we will have some fans there. But before we go ahead and we get into the draft, I want to go ahead and get a word or two from the Hitman and Dan. So Hitman, I saw that you posted an insane amount of tickets on your Twitter, and you guys can follow Hitman at Hitman428 on Twitter. First question, how many tickets do you currently have on the draft? Second question, are you feeling optimistic that your Vikings will do the right thing this year with 10 total picks? Well, as of right now, I probably got 65 tickets, let's say. But I don't have as much risk as you would think because, for for example, with the draft, you're able to find a lot of scalps and you're able to find a lot of places that have off-market numbers. And for for one example, I was able to find at one place the Lions to take a wide receiver at plus 130. And for them to not take a receiver at another book was plus 125. So that counts as two bets right there, but it's a guaranteed profit, obviously. So, I mean, I, I do have a lot of exposure, but it's a lot of good numbers, a lot of numbers that aren't available at the current at the moment, which is usually a sign that you, you have the right side on your bets. So uh, um, I'll have a ton more, I'm sure, by Thursday. But I think the draft is arguably the best day of the year to make money. It would, I would say the draft and the Super Bowl, for me personally, would be the two best days as far as that goes. And as far as the Vikings, I think that uh, uh, as long as they take uh, the best offensive lineman or the best edge rusher on the board, I think uh, – I'll be pretty happy with their draft because I I think Rick Spielman's done a pretty good job drafting throughout the years. So that's where I stand on them. Well, that's certainly a lot of tickets there, Hitman. And and you said you'll have a bunch more. I'm a Packer fan. You know that. So I certainly hope that your Vikings go ahead and butcher the draft. Now, Dan, this is going to be our third podcast together. And Dan reached out to me on Twitter a number of years back, showed me all his draft stuff. And I, I said, I, I definitely want to go ahead. I want to work with Dan. So fast forward three years later, here we are. We got Dan on here once again. Dan, the lone question I have for you, you know, you're a Colts fan and you reside there in Indiana. Right now, was there more talk about the draft or is there, you know, still more talk about Carson Wentz coming to town? There's not that much talk anymore about Carson Wentz. The talk of the offseason was the Colts need a quarterback. Well, the big talk now is the Colts need a left tackle. They don't want Anthony Consanzo retired. Their second left tackle, I believe, got cut and then went to the Packers in that NFC Championship game. So the Colts lately have been talking about a left tackle. I think they're going to be fine with Carson Wentz, though. Yeah, to me, it was a bit surprising that one of the teams that hasn't really been talked about, you know, when it comes to the draft uh, is the Colts. And again, just like the Hitman's Vikings, I am a Packer fan here. So I do hope that your Colts butchered his draft, too. So let's go ahead and get into this. You know, we got a total of 32 picks in the first round. 28 teams will have picks in the first round. The four teams that will not have a pick 
on day one. That'll be the Texans, the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Seahawks. With that said, let's go ahead and begin the draft podcast. So it sounds like you're ready. Are you ready? The NFL draft is officially open. All right, guys, so here's our plan for the podcast. We'll go through the first 10 picks in the draft. Then we'll go ahead and we'll break down uh, a bunch of other wagers that we can go ahead and make along the way. You'll get the picks from myself, Dan, and the Hitman. I'm sure we'll touch on probably your team at some capacity. But I want to go ahead and I want to talk about, you know, the player position props, over and unders, uh, team needs, everything in between. And as always, the three of us at the end here, we'll go ahead and we'll provide our best bets. Okay, so it seems rather consensus that we won't have any funny business, you know, with the first or second pick in the draft. Everybody's expectations right now is that the Jaguars are going to go ahead. They're going to take Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence at number one. And then the Jets are going to go ahead and take BYU quarterback Zach Wilson at number two. Hitman, do you see any funny business going on with the first two picks? No, and I actually have bets on Zach Wilson. I was betting him early in the process at minus 110 to go second. And I kept betting it even even a week and a half ago. I found a minus six fifty that I, I bet on for Zach Wilson to go second. It, it it's cl- as close to a lock as you could get. Well, maybe other than Trevor Lawrence, that's an absolute lock. And what I would recommend people to do, and what I'm probably going to do, is if you have an account that has a lot of credit, and you see maybe a Lawrence minus five thousand, minus seventy five hundred. Wait until 10 minutes before the draft. Don't do it now. Wait 10 minutes before so you you know Lawrence isn't going to, God forbid, get injured in anything like that. And that's when you lay it because it's a stone cold lock. So basically what you're trying to tell people there, Hitman, is that if you go ahead and you take Lawrence, you know, while he's at the venue where he's at, he's safe, he's sound. Uh, Nothing bad's going to happen like a car accident or something crazy like that. Uh, You want to make sure at least – you know, that they do, in fact, go ahead and select him and nothing crazy happens. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're laying, you know, 7,500 minus 10,000, even though you're only going to make a couple bucks on that, you know, it's virtually free money. Dan, same question to you. What do you think? First two picks going to go as planned? I do think so. I think these picks have been pretty much locked in the entire time these lines have come out. I know the Jets were kind of questionable, but as soon as they got the number two pick, I think they were like, all right, guys, it's time to move on from Donald, time to reset here. So I think he's just been locked in since February, January, whenever you have our back you go. All right, so we're all under the assumption that the first two picks are going to go, you know, the way that they've been pretty much, you know, reported on over the last month or two. Number one will be Trevor Lawrence. Number two, uh, more than likely, is going to be Zach Wilson without, you know, without too much of an issue there. So, you know, we get the first two picks out of the way. Let's go ahead and jump into pick number three. You know, this has been the pick that everybody's been talking about. 49ers right now, they hold the third pick overall in the chatter. You know, it's been about Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. You know, it's rather clear that the 49ers, that they're ready to go ahead and they're ready to move on from Jimmy G at some capacity. You know, right now, the overall odds for the third pick, and this is as of Sunday afternoon, you got Mac Jones here at minus 160. He's the favorite. Justin Fields at 2-1, to one. Trey Lance plus 280. Hitman, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say you're going to be the GM of San Francisco who are you going to go ahead and select with the third overall pick in the NFL draft? I got to be honest. I, I haven't watched these quarterbacks a lot, so I, I got to go based off of what I hear from other people that do watch these quarterbacks. And 
Uh, I'm going to go with Mac Jones. I, I've heard from some very reliable people that it's going to be Mac Jones. And I think a lot of people in the public are really borderline insulting Kyle Shanahan, thinking that they know more than him on finding the right quarterback for this team. Shanahan's without a doubt one of the top five offensive minds in the NFL. If he thinks Mac Jones is the best fit for his team, I'd say the odds are in favor of Shanahan being right. So, well, let's put Mac Jones on the Niners. Mel Kuyper is doing his, and Dr. Zeopold Zimmerman is doing his. No matter how many more hours these teams have spent having access to info and medicals and stuff that none of us have, we all think that we can do it as good as they do. All right, so the hitman's going to go ahead and select Mac Jones. I think it's important that we go ahead and make this clear, guys, is that we're not giving you who we want this team to pick. We're giving you who we actually think that this team is going to select because we are betting our money. Damn, same question to you. 49ers third pick overall, who are you thinking? Well, I know social media and Twitter keep saying Justin Fields, but not a single insider is reporting Justin Fields. It's been all speculation. I know Mackenzie Rivers last night on Straight Out of Vegas with Bernie Frado on Saturday night. Mackenzie thinks it's going to be Trey Lance. I think it's going to be Mac Jones, and I'm willing to bet it. Hitman, you said minus 167, right? Yeah. Is is there higher numbers out there? Because I feel like someone in the Slack channel we're in said it was way higher, like minus 350. Yeah, Bookmaker right now is dealing minus 400, and they're taking $1,000 bets on it. So that's usually a, a good indication that some of the sharper money is on Mac Jones. And well, Sleepy, Bookmaker has the same prop. Mac Jones to go to San Francisco for minus 400, and they're one of the sharpest books out there. So until something else comes out between now and the podcast, until that pick is in, unfortunately, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. So pick number three, it's going to be Mac Jones. All right. Well, we have a consensus on the podcast with those two. Both guys think that San Francisco 49ers will go ahead and select Mac Jones. Uh, I was under the impression that they were probably going to go after Trey Lance, and I agreed with McKenzie on this. We spoke a little bit about that. I'm just not sure, you know, what the 49ers are going to do, but Look, if Mac Jones fits into that system and that's what Shanahan wants, that's ultimately what they're going to go ahead and do. All right, so let's move over to the fourth pick in the draft. This pick opens up. I think it's a potential trade pick. But before we go and get into the pick, Hitman, what are some of the trade wagers that you've seen? Did you happen to make any of those uh, type of wagers? I've just seen one specific book. I, I can't remember the name. I can't remember which book it was, but I did see uh, over under five and a half trades in the first round. I I really didn't even look into it much. Um, it, it's very hard to to handicap and predict that. So that that's all I've seen as far as trades goes in the market. Yeah, I didn't really see a whole lot of sports books post that. Um, and I was looking around. I maybe Bovada might have had something on there. Uh, that's certainly something I'll probably go ahead and continue to go ahead and look for. All right, Dan, fourth pick currently belongs to the Falcons. Who the Falcons select here, or do they actually move out of this pick? What are you thinking? I'm thinking they need to move out of this pick, but the problem is the asking price to move up to pick number four is going to be very high, probably in the range of what the Niners did to get to number three. So I don't know if a team wants to jump that high because I know there's a rumor out there or people are trying to convince us that the Falcons are going to take a quarterback. I don't think that's going to happen just the way this roster is constructed and the fact there's so much money tied to these guys. So you're pretty much stuck with Matt Ryan for the next two years, and a large chunk of this roster is also stuck on the team for the next year or two. So if you draft a QB, that means they'd be sitting for two years, and you just wasted his two years, and then you go straight to rebuild. So to me, 
unless somebody really does pay the Falcons to the farm to get to pick number four, I think it's Kyle Pitts here. They need defense, but there's not a single defender in this draft class that's a Chase Young level. So, Sleepy, the pick is Kyle Pitts here until somebody offers the farm to the Falcons. All right, Hitman, same question. Who the Falcons go ahead and take with the fourth pick? Yeah, I agree with Dan. If it's if, if the Falcons are going to keep the pick, it's 100% or 99% going to be Kyle Pitts, in my opinion. But we really don't know what they're going to do. So it's, it's tough to handicap right now. But let's assume they keep the pick and we'll go Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. I think that's probably what Atlanta should do. As Dan had mentioned, you know, quarterback Matt Ryan's going to be there. Why go ahead and make a you know, why go ahead and make a big move, you know, to go ahead and get a quarterback in there? We know how that, you know, it kind of goes over, you know, over the first couple of weeks of the season. It's like, oh, why'd they draft a quarterback, this, that, and the other? And it just becomes, uh, you know, more news rumory crap is the way I see it. And it's just, it, it's annoying. But I don't think, you know, Atlanta at this point uh, that they need to go ahead and do that. Hitman, the Bengals, I don't know if they do anything crazy here. Do they go ahead and do they take Jamar Chase? Do they take, you know, maybe a Devontae Smith? Maybe a fill in a hole on the offensive line with Panay Sewell. Uh, do they even trade this pick away and move down? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. What do you think the Bengals are going to do here with the fifth pick? I'm pretty certain it's going to be Chase or Sewell. But one of the things I haven't heard being said much when they say, oh, well, do you pick the left tackle or do you, or do you pick the receiver? Who's the better prospect? Who's the best player available? And from a lot of stuff that I see, I, I think Chase is clearly the better prospect. To Sewell. So I think you go best player available, you take Chase, and then you, you try to worry about the offensive line in, in the second, third round. So I, I did bet Sewell over five and a half. I do think it's Chase. It's, it's one of my smaller bets, uh, and I can change my mind with, with new information that comes out. But uh, as of now, I'm going to say that Jamar Chase goes five. All right. Well, Hitman has Jamar Chase going five to the Bengals. Dan? fifth pick Bengals what are you thinking short answer is I agree with Hitman. I think it's Chase here I know that left tackle versus wide receiver is a cool trendy topic I just think it's a noise fun fact Sleepy and Hitman I don't know if I sent this to you or not but there was somebody in the media and I don't remember who what his name was but he was getting fed info before the Bengals would sign free agents he was getting fed the guys' names before even Adam Schefter was and now this guy's coming out and saying that he's 95% confident it's Jamar Chase. And another thing I found was either the Bengals GM or director of player personnel, they came out and said they're going to get a guy who's going to start right away and that they got some starting grades on some of these later offensive linemen. So to me, it sounds like they're going to go Chase here, and they got a very high pick round two. And this is a deep offensive tackle class, and then you get some good guards and centers around two. So that is why I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. I'd be stunned if it takes too well, but I just think you can't pass on Chase here. I'm not a fan of the Bengals going ahead and taking a wide receiver in this spot. You know, Joe Burrow last season, he was sacked 32 times, and that was just over like 10 games, you know, before he ended up tearing up his knee. You know, had Burrow completed the entire season, he probably was on pace to be the number one or number two most sacked quarterback in the league. I think the Bengals need to plug the up the offensive line here you know, for the foreseeable future. Burrow's clearly going to be the future, and his career hasn't really started out on the right foot held-wise. So uh, it's not that I would go against you. I believe that Jamar Chase is probably going to be the pick. But as far as, you know, just sitting here thinking about the Bengals, I think they got to go ahead and sure up that offensive line. So 
Uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. Number six pick, that belongs to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, they went ahead, guys. They traded up with the Eagles. The Eagles move now to the 13th overall pick. Now, Miami, they have eight picks in this draft, two in the first round. Miami also has an 18th pick. This is an important one for the Dolphins, though. They clearly want something here uh, because they went ahead and they moved up. Dan, what do you think the Dolphins are looking to go ahead and do here with the sixth pick? The board didn't fall for them in Kyle Ports or Jamar Chase. The Dolphins are reportedly looking to trade down if they can't get their guy. But the problem is, who's going to trade up? New England is supposed to trade up, and so is Denver. Now, we all know, pending a miracle, that New England Dolphins aren't going to trade. So this is a situation you can see the Dolphins trading down with the Denver Broncos. If they stay there with both Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase gone, I think it's Jalen Waddle here. He's a speedster. Devontae Smith is a nice wide receiver, but the fact that I'm bigger than him by a substantial amount kind of concerns me. So I think they go get a speedy guy for Tua and Jalen Waddle here. All right, guys, Dan's going to go ahead with the six pick take Jalen Waddle, Alabama wide receiver. Hitman, Dolphins pick number six. What do you got? So I did bet the the Dolphins' first pick to be wide receiver. Got it at even money. I still think at minus 125, it's a buy. I, I have a pretty reliable source that said to me that he has heard that Miami is really interested in Jalen Waddle. So do what you want with that information. But I also did bet some Waddle 6-1 to one to go to Miami. So uh, I obviously – I think it's going to be receiver, Chase or Waddle. If Chase goes five, which I think he does, I, I think that Waddle ends up being the pick at six. Now, as Dan had mentioned, you know, there's a lot of people out there thinking that the Dolphins could potentially move out of this pick. Maybe they trade with the Falcons. You know, maybe the Falcons will eventually go, you know, with the quarterback of the future. So this is where I think the betters kind of need to be careful, you know, when they start loading up on wagers. I'm not sure what the Dolphins or the Falcons are going to do for that matter. But my thinking is that, you know, this area of the draft, you know, it could be where we see some surprises. Pick number seven, that belongs to the Detroit Lions. You know, they only have six total picks this year. Matt Stafford, he moves out of Detroit. Jared Goff, he comes in from the L.A. Rams. Daniel Jeremiah has the Lions going ahead and taking Justin Fields. Todd McShay has the Lions going ahead and taking Jalen Waddell. And Mel Kuyper has the Lions taking Jamar Chase. Who in the hell is Mel Kuyper, in a way? I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take, He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. In my knowledge of him, he's never ever put on a jock strap. He's never been a coach. He's never been a scout. He's never been an administrator. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our papers two days ago telling us who we have to take. We don't have to take anybody that Mel Kuyper says we have to take. Mel Kuyper has no more credentials to do what he's doing than my neighbor, and my neighbor's a postman, and he doesn't even have season tickets to the NFL. So I think there is a potential for that two or three of the guys that I just mentioned, you know, that they're not even on the board when the seventh pick comes around. Hitman, you know I hate the Lions. I know you hate the Lions. What do you go ahead and hope they do here? Well, I, I think if Waddle is available, I think he's really live to be the seventh pick. They are in desperation at the receiver position with only Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman right now as their current top two receivers. In my opinion, Waddle maybe goes sixth to – Miami, and I think that the Lions are stuck probably with Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater. I know that their new philosophy is really getting strong in, this tre- in the trenches, being able to run the ball and all that stuff. So 
I think that they go offensive line if the board plays out this way, but I think that they are the most likely team in the top 10 to trade down. So I do think that ends up being what they do. All right, so the Hitman going to go a different route there uh, than I certainly had thought. Dan, Lions, pick number seven. What are you thinking? I agree with Hitman. The Lions are going to probably do everything in their power. This is a situation if one of these top five QBs falls, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, a Mac Jones. This is where you see a team maybe in the teens start to trade up or maybe a team in the late 20s just throw the farm at them and trade up for it. The problem with the Lions is that defense is just putrid. You think it was bad last year? They somehow got worse. They, I don't even know about that defense anymore. They're just bad. They need to cut it and restart it again. If they keep the pick, I think it's either going to be Panay Sewell or Sean Slater, and I'm going to take a stab at it and think it's going to be Slater at seven. All right, so you guys seem rather convinced that the Lions may move out of that, and if they don't, They'll probably end up taking an offensive lineman. Let's go to over to pick number eight here. We got the Carolina Panthers. I think it's safe to say that the Panthers, unless something really crazy happens, that they probably end up staying put here at number eight. At least that's how I feel. I have heard some people think that the Carolina Panthers move out of here. You know, this team on paper, they could be dangerous next year. No real consensus across the board right now on who the Panthers might take. Perhaps maybe Devontae Smith, uh, as we just mentioned, a Slater. Nobody really mentioned any quarterbacks yet. Uh, Patrick Sertan from Alabama. My gut feeling says that they probably go best available here, mostly because, you know, they do have a bunch of holes to fill and they probably want to go ahead and get the best prospects. So, Dan, go ahead. I'll throw it to you first. Panthers, pick number eight. Who do you think they take a look at here? I think them drafting QB is relatively just nonsense. Yes, I know they just got Sam Darnold. Yes, I know Darnold hasn't looked good, even though he's with the incompetent Jets and even worse, Adam Gase. I think there's a small chance, maybe like a 2 or 3% chance they do go QB, but I just don't see it with them. It's either going to be Slater or Sewell here, just whoever's there on the board. So with the pick, Sleepy, if I did Slater, pick 7, I'm going to go Sewell, pick 8. All right, Hitman, throwing it over to you. Panthers, number 8, who do they pick? If they stay put, I think that the two obvious positions and the players that are going to be available would be offensive linemen and defensive back. But I think that it probably ends up being offensive line, either Sewell or Slater, whichever one is available. But I do think, as I said with the Lions, that if if the Lions are the most likely team to trade back, I think that the Panthers are probably the second most likely team to trade back in the top 10. You know what I think is interesting here with the Panthers is that, you know, Dan just mentioned Darnold just got there. But wouldn't it make sense, though, in a sense like, Maybe you're not sold on Darnold, and maybe you're like, you know what? Let's just go take a quarterback now. Nobody's going to really expect us to go ahead and take this quarterback. Maybe they grab him, and then maybe they could figure out a way where, you know, they can end up, like, holding on to that guy. I think, you know, you got the Broncos behind them. you got a couple teams behind them that probably are really looking for a quarterback. So maybe, like, a Justin Fields is there. Maybe a Trey Lance is there. You know, maybe they go ahead and just take him, and then, you know, somebody's got to offer you the farm. Be like, damn, you know, they took our guy. And the next team, you know, the Broncos, I think there's a there's a potential that, you know, maybe they're going to be like, oh, man, they, they, they stole our guy. We didn't expect that. So I think that there's something that maybe the Panthers could do to kind of, you know, have a little bit of an advantage on some of these teams. The number nine team, as I just mentioned, the Denver Broncos, again, um, it seems to me like nobody could really agree on who the Broncos are going to take here, you know, in this media mock draft kind of world. 
Broncos. They do have a ton of holes to fill. Some have them moving up in the draft. I think that that's certainly an option. The Broncos are a young team. They do have some nice pieces. I think quarterback and Drew Locke needs an upgrade. That's just my personal opinion. So, Hitman, you're the GM of the Broncos. This isn't an easy pick for them. You know, if they are picking number nine after all is said and done, what do you think the Broncos go ahead and do here with the ninth pick? Well, I think everybody probably thinks that they need an upgrade off of Drew Locke. So that's got to be the most likely scenario. I I don't see how they come out of this draft without either Justin Fields or Trey Lance, because obviously I do believe that Mac Jones goes third. So I think they make the move for the quarterback. Maybe maybe they even end up trading up to get that quarterback. And they put that quarterback into a roster that is really ready to win now. All right, Dan, same question to you, Broncos. Who are they going to get on select? I think they're going to go quarterback here. I don't know why they just can't say we're moving on from Drew Locke. I, he just looks – I have not been impressed by him at all. In this case, for us, both Fields and Lance falling. I think they've been connected to Lance the most, and that was another team that's supposed to trade up. So in this case, they take Trey and Lance, they get their guy, and move on from Drew Locke finally. Now, do they start right away? Probably not, just because you need them to sit for a bit, or they want them to sit for a bit, and they can't get rid of Drew Locke. So if they do take a quarterback here, you're going to see Drew Locke for maybe five, ten games here unless he gets hurt. So if they do take a quarterback, be expecting Drew Locke still to start next year. All right, so both of you guys kind of agree. Quarterback more than likely going to the Broncos, at least in some capacity. All right, guys, well, that is the first nine picks wrapped up. One more team to go. That'll close out our top ten, kind of our mock draft here. Then we want to go ahead and talk a little bit about some specific wagers that we can make. Dan and the Hitman, they'll tell us some of the picks that they see that potentially have some value left. So let's go ahead and close out the top 10 with our mock draft here. Dallas Cowboys, they sit with the 10th pick in the draft. Hey, Dallas, the last time you were in the Super Bowl, Uh these draft picks weren't born. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It is true. The Cowboys haven't haven't made the Super Bowl in in a very long time. But Jerry Jones has made a lot of noise over the last month with his, you know, infatuation of tight end Kyle Pitts. I'm hearing maybe a trade with the Patriots now. So, Hitman, uh, if you're the Cowboys here at number 10, what do you go ahead and do at 10? Or will they even be here at 10? I think that's an important question as well. I think the the way the board's going to shake up to where Dallas is probably going to have the first crack at the first defensive player in this draft. I think that they stay put and go defense. And what I'm seeing in the market right now is they're minus 250 to go defensive back. And that's what makes all the sense in the world. I think they go defensive back. And I'm going to be a little bold, and I'm going to say that they go with J.C. Horn. A lot of people are mocking Patrick Sertan to them, but I think that Horn is just as good of a prospect in in the league's eyes. And I think it's closer to 50-50 that Horn is the first defensive back taken rather than Patrick Sertan. So let's go defensive back to the Cowboys, and I'll I'll take a little bit of a flyer and say it's J.C. Horn. All right, J.C. Horn. That's what the hitman thinks to the Cowboys. Dan, how are you feeling about Dallas? What are they going to do? Hitman touched on it about Patrick Sertan being such a big favorite. I haven't actually seen anything to connect Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys. I don't know if Hitman has outside of just mock drafts. They need corner. I know Jerry is a gift that never stops giving and just can't stop talking. 
They would love Kyle Pitts, but I'd be stunned if he's there at 10 outside of a trade-up. I've seen Daniel Jeremiah mention that could use another pass rusher, and they do need another pass rusher. But at pick 10, I think they're going to go corner or trade down. And I agree with Hitman. I think it's going to be J.C. Horn. All right, so there's both guys on J.C. Horn going to Dallas Cowboys. I think what the Cowboys really need here, probably two picks in the first round. They do have 10 total picks, but, you know, we've seen Jerry Jones before. You know, he gets cute when it comes to the draft, and I feel like, you know, that this isn't the time. The Cowboys, that defense is just all-time terrible. They got to go ahead and fill up a, a ton of holes on that defense. You know, if I were the Cowboys, I'd probably be drafting like eight defensive players in this draft. You know, you got Dak coming back off a serious injury and the question mark with him, you know, on how good, you know, he's going to be, how good that offense will be, um, really revolves around, I think, probably more than likely the health of Dak. They need guys that can go ahead and compete right now and step into the starting role. I think the Cowboys either take J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan. Uh, if either one of those guys are available, I think that they go ahead and they take him. My gut says J.C. Horn, so I agree with you guys. Uh, first cornerback to go. So that'll wrap up our, our top 10 mock draft. We'll go ahead and we'll get into some more teams. We'll do it in a rapid fire sense, as we know that you guys want to go ahead and hear you know, what your team might actually do. But first, I want to go ahead and want to talk about some wagers that we can make. Now, we discussed a bunch of positions, but we really never touched on the running back over our first 10 picks there. First running back to be drafted. Odds on this one right now, Najee Harris from Alabama, right around minus 150. Uh, Travis Etienne from Clemson at plus 130. And then you got Javante Williams from North Carolina sitting right now at around 4-1. to one. Hitman, question for you. With this one, first running back taken, according to those odds, what are you looking at? I like Travis Etienne. Anything plus 150 or better. I, I've heard a lot of positive buzz from some people I respect that ETN is the best back in this class. And I know there was a poll done with a, a bunch of personnel people in the NFL. And Harris won that poll, but it was very close. So I think that the odds are closer than we think on the first back. And I, I would go ETN plus 150 or better. All right. Well, there's the hitman. going to go ahead and jump on ETN. First running back taken, plus 150. Let's talk about first wide receiver drafted. We've seen in some of the mocks that the big three in Chase, Waddle, and Devontae Smith, you know, they're all kind of mixed and matched. Chase is the clear favorite right now. Uh, at some books, he's like minus 1,000. Waddle's like plus 650. Devontae Smith uh, just slightly behind at some of these books at 7-1. Dan, I'll go ahead. I'll let you go ahead and select first wide receiver taken in the draft. Who you got? I guess still Jamar Chase here. Unless a miracle happens and the Bengals decide to go offensive line then, I still think it's just Chase is the guy at five or six. And the only reason why we might see Waddle here is because of his speed. But if both options are there, I think most teams are going to take Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase can play the outside and Jalen Waddle comes off more as a burner. So I think it's got, you got to play Jamar Chase here. All right, so if you do go ahead and take Jamar Chase, it uh, looks like you're laying a, a hefty price. I would probably go ahead and recommend you do the same thing that that the hitman said there is probably maybe wait um, on Jamar Chase, you know, until later on, uh, because I think that the wide receivers will stir up a little bit of a little bit of action when it comes to the news. All right, let's talk some linemen here. Defensive line that was a flavor a few years ago seems to have tailed off over the last couple of years. Hitman, I'll go ahead and throw this one to you first over or under four and a half defensive linemen taken in the first round. So I'm going to pass on this completely. And my reason is, is that you need to check your specific books and what they say is a defensive lineman, because I've gotten in quite a few disputes 
with books during the draft about, uh, oh, well, this team says somebody's a defensive lineman, but they're really on NFL.com. They're a three, four outside linebacker, but this team drafted him as a four, three defensive end. So I usually stay away from this market altogether. And it, it's really hard for me to give a handicap unless I know the book specific rules on how to grade this prop. So what I would recommend doing is if you are interested in it, find out your book's specific rules and then handicap it after that. And we know that's not necessarily an uncommon practice for the sports books to go ahead and, and try to find some way somehow to go ahead and, and screw people over, especially some of those offshore markets. All right, Dan, similar question for you. Over and under six and a half offensive linemen taken in the first round. We're going to get four for sure. Sewell, Christian Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Christian Darisaw. Where do they go? That's a different question. So in order to win this bet, if you take the over, you need three more. Well, I'm kind of have a tough time finding another two or three guys. I've seen a bunch of guys rotating in and out for top guys coming in here. At one point, Landon Dickerson was in here. Well, he's fallen out because he's had bad medicals. I've seen the Texas offensive tackle, Simi Kosi. I think that's how you say his name. I've seen him mocked a lot to the Colts. Well, it's too inconsistent for me to bet on him going around one. So to me, Sleepy, I think it's under a pass. I lean under here just because I don't know who's going to be the other three guys. I think six and a half. I think we'd end up landing on six here, so you might be a little sweaty. But at six and a half, Sleepy, I just don't see the seventh offensive lineman unless we get a run on guards or centers. But none of these guards or centers are that good to be going around one. So I'd lean under here, Sleepy. Yeah, I would agree with you, Dan. I think seven offensive linemen in the first round uh, is just a little bit too much. I would probably go ahead and play the under on that one as well. Hey, Sleepy, I think Uncle Dave's hopping on. Uncle Dave, if you're there, uh, curious if you have a best bet for the draft. Yeah, Sleepy, you guys caught me. I didn't think you guys were going to do a podcast without me giving out some more absolutely free 100% content. My best bet for this draft, first non-quarterback taken, Kyle Pitts, minus 120 at DraftKings. You know, the only other option here for a non-quarterback is Sewell or Jamar Chase. Uh, but Pitts might be a generational talent at 6'6 with 4'4 speed. There's too many teams talking about trading up to get him, not the least of which is his hometown Eagles. But regardless, the drop-off to the next best tight end prospect is just monumental. Offensive linemen and our wide receivers, we all know they can be tricky first-round picks. And I think in all likelihood, Atlanta stays where they are and they draft him. But if someone trades into that spot, they'll take him. At five, the Bengals take Sewell or reunite Barrow with Jamar Chase. But regardless, I have to think Pitts is the fourth player taken. And I have no problem taking Pitts minus 200 to be a top five pick also at DraftKings. Because if he's still there at five, someone will give a lot to the Bengals for that pick who aren't going to take him anyway. So my money on this draft is on Kyle Pitts. Well, as always, best of luck there to Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave, you stick around. We'll go ahead and we'll get some more picks from you. Guys, let's go ahead and let's shift over to the cornerbacks. Right now, the number of cornerbacks listed you know, at the sports books to be taken in the first round is four and a half. Most likely first round suspects. Let's just go through here. We got J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, Caleb Farley, and Greg Newsom. My gut feeling says that we see probably five off the board mock draft guys. You know, they have four or five cornerbacks going you know, within the first 25 picks that relieves, you know, roughly like six to eight picks at the bottom of the first round. And most mock drafters, they do have a run 
on defensive players going in, you know, the last six, eight teams in the first round. Corners, to me, they're super important. I think Asante Samuel Jr. has a likely chance to maybe go in the first round. I think there are some teams out there that might take a shot later on in the first round. Maybe we see some teams, you know, that are in the second round. Maybe they move into the first. Maybe they grab a guy like Samuel. So I, I actually like the over of that one. I think we'll see five corners taken in the first round. Hitman, number of corners taken in the first round. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on that one. The line, as I mentioned, is set at four and a half. At, at four and a half, it's a pass. But I, I will say that if you shop hard, there are some over fours, minus 220-ish, that I think is close to a free roll on the over. I think that we're definitely going to get Horn and Sertan, and we very likely get Newsom and Farley. And after that, you have room for maybe a, a Samuel, as you said, or a few other prospects to, to um, find their way into the first round. So I think at over four, it's worth a bet. At four and a half, it's a pass. All right, Dan, same question. You, number of corners taken in the first round. I have to pass here because you're essentially betting on if Asante Sima goes round one. And he's been a guy kind of showing up by the picks 28, 29, 30 area. So to me, you're just betting on him to go round one. I, I got to pass. It's just too much of a gamble for me. But I do like Hitman's over four pick, though, if you can find it. Yeah, I certainly think that's worth the shot. I don't see how, you know, we don't get the four cornerbacks in the first round. All right, guys, so there's a couple wagers that you can go ahead and consider. What I want to do now is I want to go ahead and I want to touch on four of the teams that don't have a draft pick in the first round. So we'll go rapid fire with this, guys. Now, the Hitman and Dan, you guys will be acting like true general managers here. I'll go ahead. I'll tell you the team that has no first round pick. You guys tell me who you think they might take in this draft and why. First team. I think this one's going to be tough. This team only has three picks in the entire draft. It is the Seattle Seahawks. Dan, you're first. Who did the Seahawks go ahead and take with their first pick and why? The most obvious picks are offensive linemen, and it's kind of dependent on who's there. But we've seen it time and time and again. Pete Carroll takes over and starts drafting defensive guys who are kind of a bit of reaches. So I'm going to say they're going to take a defensive guy. It's just too much. The Seahawks have been burning me too much. They've been reaching for guys constantly. Not like, you know, like a couple of pick reaches. I'm talking about guys who are like 30, 40 slots away from what you think they'd be. And to me, they're going to take defense here. Until Pete Carroll proves me wrong, I think they're just going to keep taking defense. I, I don't see why they're doing it because they need help on the offensive linemen again. Yes, I know Russell Wilson is great. Yes, I can know he can move around. But that team wants to run the ball, and they're kind of using a lot of makeshift offensive linemen or lower-end guys. So any defender, maybe a defensive end, a defensive tackle, somebody can get a pass rush, maybe somebody else in the secondary, because I think they lost one of their corners this offseason. I know Jamal Williams is awesome, but the dude can't stay healthy, so they could maybe go safety like somebody. So, Sleepy, to answer your question, I'm going defense here, maybe an edge rusher. Hitman, Seahawks, what are you thinking? Well, the later we get in the draft, the more unpredictable it is, and the more I feel like teams just go with their best player available. But if I had to pick a specific position, Russell Wilson wants offensive line help, you draft him offensive line help. So that's what I'll go with. Yeah, I won't disagree with you there. I mean, if Russell Wilson says he wants something, you know, you got to go ahead and give it to the guy. Uh, we know what, the kind of the stink that, you know, was made, you know, throughout the offseason that he wasn't exactly totally happy. Uh, next up, team without a first-round pick. Uh, let's do the Kansas City Chiefs hitman. I'll go right back to you. Who the Chiefs take with their first pick and why? Well, 
everybody thought it was going to be offensive line, but now it appears that they're at least pretty com- comparable at the at that uh, at that position group. So I took a flyer on defensive back plus five hundred. And I also did play them to take defense at plus 130 after the Orlando Brown trade. So let me get uh, – let's go with defense, and I'll say corner. All right, Dan, Kansas City Chiefs, who and why? Well, I was going to say corner. I could see them going edge rusher here, just whoever's kind of there at the pick. The Chiefs are pretty much going to be up most games, so they need somebody who can either cover or get a pass rush. So if they don't like a corner there, it kind of depends on the board goes. I think they'll go edge. All right, next up, team without a first-round pick, L.A. Rams. Hitman, Rams, what are they going to do with their first pick in the draft? I actually bet this. I, I bet that they wouldn't take offensive line, but I did grab that at plus 130. Right now, the current market is about offensive line is minus 130. I mean, I, I kind of agree. That's probably the most likely position. If you gave me the field against offensive line, I'd obviously take the field, but they, they're pretty old at the offensive line, and they, they need some depth for sure. So let's go with that. All right, Dan, Rams first pick. What are you thinking? I'm not really sure. I can argue defense or it'd be offensive line here. They just, this team is very top-heavy. So like I know last year they were pretty much healthy at the top guys, but if one of those top guys go down, you're really going to see how – not well this roster is constructed so to me just if they're picking that way it's going to be best player available and this this offensive line group is pretty deep so i think they're going to go o-line here probably just to get staff for some extra help all right so it looks like dan's going to go some offensive line there final team with no pick in the first round this team has the most picks out of the teams with no first round pick that is the houston texans with eight total picks the texans actually hold a third round pick that will be their first selection with the 67th pick, we all know that this team is just an absolute disaster. I'm not sure. You know, you're talking 67 picks later. Well, is that even going to help this franchise? I don't know. Hitman, I'll let you go ahead and, and try to figure this one out. Texas, you know, who, what do they need? Who do they take? What the hell are they going to do? Texans need everything. It's completely unpredictable what they take. Next, next team. All right, Dan, Texans, what do you think they do at the 67th overall pick? As a Colts fan, I hope they do something really stupid like they have been doing. So I don't care what they do. I don't trust anybody in that organization. And I will not trust them until they get their act together, which isn't going to be for a long time, or at least next five years at least. And this leads to my question, Hitman. So Hitman, with an over-under season win total of four and a half, and with Deshaun Watson probably missing six games, and probably a decent chance he doesn't play this year at all, how low would you go on the Texans? on an over-under season win total. Would you play four or three and a half if Watson isn't playing most of the year? I, I did my season totals assuming that Watson wouldn't be playing this year. I came out to 3.9 on what I think their season win should be without him. So what I would do is try to get a clear vision of what you think is going to happen with Watson as far as how long you think he might get suspended. And that's when you would make your bet on the under if you were going to be doing it. All right, guys, that'll wrap up our teams with no first-round draft picks. But the guys gave you, you know, kind of what they thought those teams might do uh, with their first pick. I'm curious about this. You know, every year we hear about teams that, you know, kind of need to nail the draft. And, look, sometimes that's, that's you know, that's true. Teams put themselves in, in bad spots. And, you know, generally it's, you know, well, they're going to need, you know, to do really well in the draft. So I kind of want to know. You know, what teams that we feel need to nail this draft? So, Hitman, I'm going to go to you first. 
why don't you go ahead and give me two teams that you feel need to go ahead and nail the draft? I'm going to say the Chicago Bears, and the, the main reason for that is we know that Matt Nagy and uh, their GM, Ryan Pace, we, we know they're on the hot seat right now, and it's a do-or-die year for them, which means it's a, it's a do-or-die draft for them. So there's definitely no, no team has more pressure on them to have a good draft and, and get the pick right and have a good season than Chicago does. For the other team, uh, I'm going to say any team that's taking a quarterback just because of, we've seen throughout the history of the league, specifically the last decade, how important it is to get that position right. And if you don't get that position right, you're setting your team back. A decade at least. So think of the Niners, think of the Niners, think of the Jags, think of the Jets, any team going quarterback, I'd say. All right. Well, interesting that you went ahead and you took the Bears there, Hitman. You know, you like the Vikings, I like the Packers. So obviously we're hoping that they screwed this all up. That team is a total mess right now. Why don't we go and talk about a couple of the wagers here that include the Bears? So Hitman, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll just, I'll throw this one at you. What will the Bears do first? What will they take first in this draft? An offensive lineman? at plus 180, wide receiver at plus 275, corner at 3-1, to one, or do they even go after a quarterback at 4-1? to one? Forced bet on it. I'd say that they take an offensive lineman, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, as we just talked about, them being desperate to save their jobs. wouldn't be surprised if they made a big trade up to, to get a quarterback and try to save their jobs this season and mortgage the future to do that. Well, the offensive lineman right now is the favorite at plus 180. And as I mentioned, you can go ahead and you can get the quarterback there at four to one. Dan, you got two teams here that you feel that need to go ahead and nail the draft. Who you got? The first team I think that needs to nail this draft is the Cleveland Browns. You might be wondering why I'm saying this. Yes, I know they had a good year last year. Yes, they finally got back to the playoffs. And yes, Hitman made a nice chunk of change on Kevin Stavansky being coach of the year. The problem is Baker Mayfield. To me, Sleepy, I don't think Baker Mayfield is a very good quarterback at all. I know he finally got a good offensive lineman. He got some running backs, and Kevin Stefanski really helped him out. The problem is he's still on that rookie deal, which I can live with. And the Browns are going to be making a decision here either end of the year or the following year is if they want a fifth-year option or full-on pay him whatever the quarterbacks go now. So with the Browns, you have to figure out if you want Baker Mayfield to be the guy. Or do you want to move on from him? Because to me, Sleepy, I think Baker Mayfield is being made. Like, if I was watching that team last year, that offensive line was really good. And those running backs were getting a lot of nice yards. You had Jarvis Landry for the most part. I know Odell Beckham got hurt. And I don't think he's a very good wide receiver anymore because he can't stay healthy. But it just comes down to, are the Browns committed to Mayfield long term? I think they're going to. So, at Browns is my first team, Sleepy. My second team is avoid the Vigs Giants. He's the one who's been tracking the Giants for me and keeping track of kind of what they're doing in the draft. And fun factor, everybody, Dave Gelman pretty much leaks who he's going to take every year. And I know Devontae Smith has been leaked, and I think his draft position is over under 11 and a half. So if you're looking for a bet, keep Dave Gelman circled because he's probably going to leak it again. And if he leaks Devontae Smith, I think you can bet the under there. But to me, Sleepy, Dave Gettleman is on his last legs. Daniel Jones, he looked bad at points of the year at last year at certain points against good teams. He was missing throws, holding the ball too long. Yes, I know the wide receivers aren't that great, but the problem is 
Joe Judge can coach. I didn't think he was going to be that good, but that team looked really good last year, especially on defense. Daniel Jones with Jason Garrett is not a good combo. I just think they're not maximizing Daniel Jones. And I thought Dave Gettleman was going to get fired last year because the problem is if you keep Jones, you're going to be too good in that you can't get a top-tier QB. And Dave Gettleman has had a couple whiffs. I know he did pretty solid last year, but I think this is a dude who just talks and your IQ drops, and he's desperate for certain players. He needs Daniel Jones to work because usually if your quarterback that you draft doesn't work, you go as a GM. So I think Dave Gettleman and the Giants have to look 9-8, maybe playoff-esque type of team this year because if not, I think you have to move on from Gettleman. All right, well, two interesting teams that you picked there, Dan, with the Browns and the Giants. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I guess it's probably because, you know, they're not bottom feeder type teams. But the Browns was an interesting one. Let me find something here. I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked the hitman. The Browns' first player to be drafted will be, number one, uh, linebacker plus 250. That's going to be tied for for the favorite pick here, D-line at plus 250. A corner at three to one or a wide receiver at four to one. What do you think the Browns do with their first pick? This is kind of tough for me because the Cleveland Browns are so analytics driven. And I believe the Twitter handle is Cleve TA. He's done a great job breaking down on who they draft. And he keeps mentioning the spark scores or those athletic scores. I don't remember what they're called. But he says if you're not highly rated on these scores, more than likely they're not going to take you in the first two rounds. But the problem is a lot of the highly rated guys on the scoring system are guys who aren't going to be there at pick 26. They're not. I just have a tough time believing Christian Barrymore in this very weak defensive tackle class is going to be Aaron Donald level. So I don't see it there. They could take a linebacker, but I think you get a nice linebacker around two. So I'm going to go corner here. Their guys got injured last year, the ones that drafted at least. And Denzel Ward couldn't stay healthy. So I think you got to go corner there. If he's there, this is where you might see Asante Samuel go very high in this situation because his dad being, well, being his dad. So you might see Asante Samuel here. You might see Greg Neesom. And you might see Caleb Fairley if he falls that far. But he had back surgery, so I don't know. But Sleepy, I think you're going to go corner here. All right, interesting stuff there from Dan Rivera. I'm actually surprised that you guys didn't say the Broncos. Uh, with that team in, in, in mind here, how about this wager? You got Denver, San Francisco, New England, or Atlanta. There hasn't been a whole lot of talk about Trey Lance yet on this podcast. So here are the current odds for teams to go ahead and draft Trey Lance. The Broncos, team that you guys didn't mention, you also have San Francisco at plus 260, New England at 3-1, to Atlanta at 7-1, to and let's just go ahead and throw one more team in there, Washington football team at 9-1. to All the other teams right now, 10-1 to or higher to go ahead and select Trey Lance. So, Dan, I'll go ahead and throw this one to you first. Which of those four teams that I mentioned, Broncos, San Fran, New England, Atlanta, I guess you could go ahead and throw, maybe throw Washington in there as well. Uh, Do you think Trey Lance ends up on, or, you know, maybe do you think that none of these teams pick him up? Where do you ultimately end up thinking he's going? Well, there's been a rumor out there for a while that Washington wants to do something big this offseason. Yes, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that seems more of a, one-year wonder type of situation where he's just filling it in. They're going to have to, if they're going to get Trey Lance, they're going to have to move up big time. Denver is going to have to move up. New England has to move up. So I think it's going to be Denver ultimately, just because they're at pick nine and have to give up the least. Maybe they trade up with the Dolphins or the Lions. 
and maybe they give up a second and a third round pick. Whereas in these other teams you mentioned, Sleepy, they're going to be giving up multiple first round picks to get that high. So I'm going to go with Denver here to take Trey Lance because I know that has been linked a lot this offseason. So my guess is they really want him and they don't have to give up that much compared to the other teams. All right, Hitman, same question for you, Trey Lance. Out of the teams that I mentioned there, which ones of those teams do you think that he might go to? Yeah, I kind of agree that Denver would be the most likely team because we know that Denver is the neediest, arguably, at the quarterback position after the top three picks. I do believe that Lance, I mean, I'm in the minority, but I believe that Lance is going to go before Justin Fields. So with that said, I think that maybe Lance falls to nine or maybe Denver trades up. To, to seven to to get Trey Lance. So that, that would be the team I would look at. Yeah, I'm with you, Hitman. I think Lance probably goes before Fields. That might be shocking to some people, you know, with, you know, all the success that Fields had. But, you know, if you watch Trey Lance, you watch a lot of his film, uh, that dude looks rather sharp. So with our Trey Lance stuff there kind of wrapped up, before we go and jump into our next rapid fire segment, uh, discuss more teams and, and who they might take, Dan, the Hitman, you guys got a ton of picks here in the draft. We talk about all the tickets that you guys have. Hitman, why don't you go ahead and give us two wagers that we haven't discussed yet here on this podcast that our listeners could probably go ahead and find some value and still go ahead and bet on. Well, I talked a little bit about Jalen Waddell to go to sixth overall to Miami, and I talked about Miami to take a receiver, but I really didn't touch on how much I like Waddle to go under 11 and a half. You could still find that at a lot of shops right now. It seems like the fans think that Devontae Smith is clearly ahead of Waddle, but with what I'm seeing from a lot of the insiders, it seems like in the NFL's eyes, Waddle is clearly the superior prospect. He's not getting priced as at that with the under 11 and a half. So I think under 11 and a half up to minus 150. And the other one that I would say is I really like J.C. Horn, under 13 and a half. And you, or you could play under 13. Both are widely available and both are good right now. Um, I'm fortunate. I, I do know some sources, as I mentioned earlier. One of them that's really reliable told me that he believes that there's no chance Horn is getting past the Chargers at 13. And I think that Horn could go as early as number 10. So let's go with J.C. Horn under 13 and a half. All right, two solid picks there from the Hitman. Dan, same thing. Why don't you go ahead and give us two wagers that you have that our listeners can go ahead and make a little bit of money on. My first pick is Landon Dickerson over 36 and a half. I was a little hesitant at first when this prop came out to give it out just because he's been mocked to the Steelers a little bit and to the Ravens. Well, the Steelers are pretty much going to take a running back now and they keep leaking that. The Ravens have two first-round picks. But they need edge and wide receiver a lot more than center. So over 36 and a half, I don't think he's going to go around one. If he goes round one, I would be stunned because of his medicals that just came back recently. He had some medicals that aren't that great. So that means we have to bet between pick 33 and 36. Well, Sleepy, those are the Jaguars, the Jets, the Falcons, and the Dolphins. When you're sitting that high in round two, there is a lot of talent on the board still. There's a lot of holes on those teams that they need to fix. So center at that is extremely high for a dude who has medical issues. I think he'll be a good NFL player if he can stay healthy, but it's a, the if factor. So I think he's going to go later round two. So at 36 and a half, I just think it's a bargain for a dude who I just don't see going round one. And that dude, I don't see him going super, super high in round two. 
So my first pick is Leonard Dickerson over 36 and a half. My second bet, assuming you can find this, is will the Indianapolis Colts trade their pick? Ballard likes draft picks. They don't have a third-round pick this year. And as of right now, they don't have a second-round pick. But plan on being, plan on that changing to a first-round pick based off the way the condition and the draft and the trade went down for Carson Wentz. So assume they're missing the third and a first-round next year. If you can get anything at four to one or higher, I think it's worth a sprinkle on the Colts to trade the first-round pick, just because Chris Ballard already has a history of trading down, and he has a history of wanting more draft picks. And he's going to want to recruit those picks at some point. So to me. If you're sitting there at pick 21 and you need a left tackle and all the good ones are gone by then, expect them to trade down if they can. So if you can find a Colts to trade down at 4-1, to one, I think it's worth a little pizza bet. All right, interesting there from Dan. How about you, Uncle Dave? You got any wagers that you got uh, that you want to go and give out to our listeners that you haven't talked about yet? Yeah, Sleepy, I don't have any money on what the Packers are going to do. Uh, your Packers, by the way, uh, you know they're, they're, they're America's team, so you can claim part of the Packers. They may well trade with New England, my Patriots. You know, there's there's rumors out there, and oftentimes rumors are just that, rumors. Uh, and this time of year, obviously, smoke screens. But Green Bay trading love to New England just makes sense for both teams. If New England were to trade up, it would be more costly for who knows what. Love has at least been on an NFL roster, and the Packers really need a wide receiver. Rather than maybe settle for Bateman at 29, they could potentially get Waddle or Smith at 15 or maybe trade up even further. Or they need cornerback help, and at 15, you might get Sertan or Horn. I don't know, but that gives Packers options that they won't have at 29, obviously. And it fills a need for both teams. And then there's also the talk in New England taking Kyle Trask out of Florida, which actually makes a ton of sense. So either having both of them or trading back even further and taking Trask and having two quarterbacks won't shock me. We know Belichick loves to trade back. Um, there's a lot of talk about them trading up, but trading up for unknown just doesn't really uh, set with me for Belichick. So I think they trade back, and I think they may do it with your Packers, Sleepy. Yeah, that's certainly an interesting pick there. The Patriots and the Packers going ahead and trading. Uh, certainly didn't think that that was going to be said there. Yeah, everybody's talking about the draft beginning at pick four, and I guess it kind of does, but I think it begins at pick eight with the Panthers, and I think they will trade down. The Fitterer, their general manager, he's got a long history of trading down with the Seahawks. They need a tackle. They need a cornerback. Sewell won't be there at eight. You know, I say they go O-line. I think Vera Tucker from USC or Rashawn Slater from Northwestern or even Leatherwood from Alabama will be around mid to later first round. I think if they go cornerback, they can slide a few. They need to get Sertain or Horn still. So if there's a Panthers trade prop, I'm buying. And I think that this pick sets the tone for the dominoes more than that fourth pick. You know, everyone says it starts at four. I think it starts at eight. I think the first seven picks, we know who will be taken, but not by whom. I think we get to eight, and that's when the scrambling starts with the Panthers. Uh, why don't we go and talk some of the bigger name teams? These teams, obviously, they're down at the bottom of the draft. You know, you got the Saints at 28, Packers at 29, Bills at 30, Ravens at 31, and then the final pick of the NFL first round draft, Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They'll have the 32nd pick. So let's do a rapid fire here, guys. We'll go and we'll make this one quick and easy. Hitman Saints, who do you think they take in the first round? It's harder to say the specific player just because we're getting so late in the draft and we don't know who's going to be available. But I'll go position or offense or defense, which I have bet some of these. I bet the Saints to take defense at minus 140. I think that the only offensive position they might take is wide receiver. 
but I'll bet that it's not and go with defense. All right, Dan, same question. You Saints first pick in the draft. Who are they going to go and select? I'm going to go wide receiver. I think that's where you see Rashad Bateman go, possibly, or maybe another wide receiver to get opposite of Michael Thomas. So wide receiver sleeper, I think, is what they go first. I was hoping that you weren't going to say Bateman because the next team we're going to jump into here are my Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers probably go ahead and they try to get Bateman. That's just my gut feeling. I hope that's who they take. But Hitman, you got the Packers. What do you think they do? You know, a lot of people want them to get go wide receiver. I know they also have a need now on the offensive line, but I'm going to lean defense with Green Bay. Haven't made a bet on it, but I think anything plus money, my lean would be that Green Bay goes defense, maybe goes linebacker or defensive back. Yeah, I'm not against that linebacker pick there, Hitman. We we certainly do need a, a linebacker for Green Bay uh, with the guys moving around, you know, moving out of there over the last couple of years. Dan, Packers, what do you think they do? The draft can't get much worse than last year's abysmal draft. I think they're going to go linebacker here, especially after the fact that their corners got burnt in that conference championship pretty bad, and that's why they lost the game. So you probably see Zavon Collins go here, another linebacker, whoever – the best cornerback is on the board still left go there it's just they kept getting mocked last year for a wide receiver they never took one so i don't think they'll take one this year they need one they need an offensive lineman but just i think they're gonna go defense again here first pick all right there you go be nice to my packers there dan let's jump over to the 30th pick we got the buffalo bills hit man you got the bills what do you think they do I bet the Bills minus 175 to go defense. They really have no offensive needs at the moment. Some people mock them to take a running back, but I don't see that happening because of how analytically based they are. So I think defense up to minus 250 is a good bet. All right, Dan, Bills, what are you thinking? Their pass rushers are 30 and 31 or 31 and 32. So they're definitely up there in age. They need somebody playing off of Tredavious White. So you could see them going cornerback here. This is where I see Asante Samuel going a lot. Or I see the Penn State guy, Jason Uwa. I believe that's how you say his name, going here. So it's going to be one of those two needs on defense. All right, with those out of the way, we got two more picks left in the first round, the Ravens and the Bucks. Hitman, I'll go ahead and throw it to you first. 31st pick in the draft belongs to the Baltimore Ravens. Who do you think they select? I bet the Ravens to go offense with their first pick. Now, obviously, this is their second pick. But I think that it's more likely or not than not that they maybe go offensive line and wide receiver with their first two picks. So I'll go with the best available offensive lineman or wide receiver. All right, let's jump into our final team here, Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hitman, I'll go ahead and go to you first. Bucks, who do you think they go ahead and, and plug into their team? I mean, they pretty much signed every damn player that they had from last year. Not sure what they do here. What are you thinking? They really don't have needs, so they can afford to go best player available. But if you want to get picky, I would say one of their needs would be edge rusher. Shaq Barrett and JPP are getting a, a little older, and they also could need an interior defensive lineman as Sue is getting a little bit older. So I bet the Bucks to to pick defense at minus 140. I think that one's good up to minus 170. All right, so I'll pick there from the hitman with the Bucks going ahead and selecting defense. I agree with you with that one. How about you, Dan? What do you think the Bucks are going to do here with the last pick in the first round? At long shot, Sleepy, I think they go wide receiver here, but I don't think it's going to happen just because Chris Godwin's on a tag. Antonio Brown isn't 
hasn't resigned yet, but I think it's just going to be defense. They need, you can always use another pass rush. You could always use another quality corner, maybe use another quality linebacker, because I know Levante David's getting up there in age too. So any defensive player, you might see Christian Baramar go here. So I, it's just going to be best player available to me. All right, so I'll job on that rapid fire segment. We're getting very close to our best bets on the podcast, but I do want to go ahead and talk about uh, two more quick things here. Why don't we go ahead and talk about draft busts? You know, typically this is one of, you know, the top 10 guys in the draft and, and the media, you know, they always, you know, that's one of their big hot topics. So I figure why not Hitman? if you can go ahead and pick one of the, let's just say top 10 guys or one of the big name guys that everybody's talking about, you know, to go ahead and be a draft bust this year, uh, who would that player be? Well, Sleepy, we, we know that there's going to be five first round quarterbacks and we know that probably two or three of them in all likelihood are going to bust. And so much of that is based off the situation that you're in and what's surrounding you that determines what your fate ends up being. So I'm confident that whoever's drafted by the Niners will probably end up being pretty good because of Kyle Shanahan being his coach. So if I had to pick one just off the top of my head, I would go with whoever the Jets end up taking just because of how that franchise has been running their luck of quarterbacks and the, the the lack of surrounding talent that's going to be around that quarterback at least for the first year or two so i'll go i'll go with zach wilson but please don't hold me to that i agree with you 100 percent there hitman i think it is zach wilson not because of Z- wilson but i think it's just because of the jets you know that organization they worry me a lot you know they did next to nothing to go ahead and help sam donald him you know for the record you know he was my draft bust uh, a number of years back, partially because of, of the Jets, but I, I actually, you know, I thought, I just didn't think Darnold was, you know, was very good. Now, I do think Wilson's undersized. He didn't perform well against some of the tougher competition. You know, he has, you know, very little weapons to work with, no veteran quarterback really to go ahead and teach him the ropes. You know, the Jets, I think they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, and, and they're going to expect, you know, Wilson to go ahead and save that franchise. I think the pressure is going to be immense on him, you know, from day one. And I, I just don't see how the hell he's going to be able to handle it. So I think he's kind of in a no-win situation, and he's going to eventually probably find himself in a situation very similar to Darnold. What about you, Dan? What Who would one of your draft busts be? Jalen Phillips, the defensive end out of Miami. He's talented, very talented. Some people always said he's talented as Chase Young from last year, but there's some huge, huge medical concerns. If you're one of these top teams drafting – I find him undraftable. The dude once already retired for concussion issues. And I know he could always use more pass rushers. So if you're a team in need of a guy who's going to make a difference right away, I find him undraftable just because I don't know how long he's going to play. If you're one of these teams kind of on the hot seat, so like a Cardinals, like a Giants, like a Bears, and you draft this dude and he doesn't play, your job is pretty much gone just because I know the medicals. And that means everybody else in the medical. So I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips. All right. So Dan going away from a quarterback. That's not uh, all that surprising. Dan, you know, we, we didn't talk much about your Colts. We, we mentioned them for a few minutes here. But I do want to go ahead and talk about your Colts for a minute. Hitman, I do want to talk about your Vikings. These are the teams you guys know best. These are the teams that you root for. So, Dan, you are the GM of the Colts. Who are they going to select? The Indianapolis Colts are now on the clock. Well, what I hope happens is, by some miracle chance, Christian Darisol falls to them. 
And then I might cry at that point because he's probably going to be long gone by then. I've seen them mocked wide receiver. I kind of laughed at that idea just because it's not the biggest need, not even close. My guess is what's going to happen is Chris Bowd is going to try to trade down. And if he can't trade down, he's going to take a tackle or an edge rusher. They really want to trade down is what I think they ultimately want the one to do. But the problem is after Christian Darasaw, that next group of tackles is more of a right tackle-esque and kind of a step down in terms of left, left tackle. So the Texas tackle is the one I see mocked a lot to them. But I just think it's a bit of a reach, but they really don't have a choice at that point. I could see them taking Aziz Ojolari if he's there, but that one's kind of questionable too. So I'm the GM. I think they trade down or go tackle here. Maybe edge. Long shot cornerback, depending on who's there, but I think it's going to be tackle or trade. All right, so Dan going to go ahead and wrap up his stuff there with his team, the Indianapolis Colts. Hitman, your Vikings. What do you think they're going to do in the draft? I bet the Vikings plus 250 to take defensive line in the, with their first pick. That was more of a price play. I, I do think if you put a gun to my head, what, what position they'll take, it would be offensive line. But Zimmer was adamant the entire offseason talking about how much they need a pass rusher. So I think they there's a decent chance they make Zimmer happy and uh, get him that edge rusher. And I think that there's some value on plus 250 that they go edge rusher. All right, so Hitman going to go ahead and look at an edge rusher for the Vikings uh, with a nice plus price. All right, guys, before we go ahead and get into our best bets, I do want to go ahead and talk about one more team. Why don't we go ahead and talk about the Raiders? We didn't even mention them really all podcast. Right now you can go ahead. You can bet the Raiders to take an offensive or defensive player. Offense plus 135. Defense minus 175. But what's funny is, the O-line is plus 135, and the linebacker listed here is plus 225. So um, they're, they're basically telling you that, you know, the O-line is the favorite to be selected, but the defense, if you pick between offense and defense, the defense is actually the favorite. So it's kind of interesting here. Uh, you can't go ahead and, and find D-line at plus 450. So uh, to me, this one's rather interesting. I haven't really thought about what the Raiders do here or what the Raiders need. Hitman, I'll go ahead. I'll throw it to you first. Is there anything intriguing that you see with the Raiders? They have a ton of needs, and I really think that this is one of the bottom five rosters, arguably, in the league, despite what their record ended up being last year, which was about 500. So I think they could go multiple ways. Mayock's been one of the most unpredictable drafters in the league, so it's hard to predict, but... I'd say the most likely position they would probably take, in my opinion, would be offensive line. But good luck guessing what this team's doing. Yeah, it was a bit of a head-scratcher to me, Hitman, when I thought about the Raiders and what they may or may not do. Uh, how about you, Dan? What do you think the Raiders might try to go ahead and target for this draft? If there is one team that makes more questionable draft decisions, I, I don't know who it is. The Raiders reach. They have been reaching. And unfortunately, everybody in the media is friends with Mike Mayock and John Gruden, and no one's calling them out. Raiders have been terrible at drafting, constantly just reaching for dudes who are around two grades, very much head-scratching. They don't really have a consistent plan. They're kind of just winging it to me. Gruden's all about offense, but the problem is their defense. They also released some offensive linemen this year, so they need offensive line. They need defense. Just to be different from Hitman, I think they're going to go right tackle, offensive linemen, something like that, just whoever's best position there a best player there so offensive lineman for me sleepy all right i think you made a good point there that they do you know sometimes take some crazy risks 
um, that they don't have to take. So that'll wrap up all our wagers there. That'll wrap up all the teams. We tried to go in and cover as much as we could there, guys. Uh, we do have best bets left. Why don't you guys let me go first? Because I don't have a super strong opinion on this one, but I do know the Eagles uh, rather well. Uh, Eagles, will they select an offensive or defensive player in the first round? Uh, you can find the offense right now right around minus 160, defensive right around plus 120. I'm going to go down. I'm going to take the plus money here. Kuiper, McShay, and Jeremiah all have the Eagles mocked right now for a defensive player. So I figure why not go ahead and take the plus money? Even the diehard Philly fans are saying go ahead and take defense. A lot of them are thinking Sertan. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll still be there. I think the Eagles could use a linebacker as well. Kuiper has Philly taken the Penn State linebacker. Who in the hell is Mel Kuyper, in a way? And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our papers two days ago telling us who we have to take. We don't have to take anybody that Mel Kuyper says we have to take. So I'm going to go ahead and make that my best bet for the podcast that the Eagles in the first round will draft a defensive player at plus 125. Hitman, what's your best bet for the NFL draft? I'm going to say it's Mac Jones to go third. Uh, I talked again a few times. I sound like a broken record, but... I have some people that I trust with a lot of this stuff and they told me that they're pretty confident it's going to be Jones. And they said that to me a month and a half ago. I haven't heard any different recently. So I think that it's going to be Mac Jones to be the third pick. And I like it up to minus 250. All right. Solid best bet there from the hitman. Dan, you are the last to go ahead and provide your best bet. What are you thinking for your best bet? Landon Dickerson over 36 and a half. I like that one quite a bit. Or another one I like is Christian Barrymore over 23 and a half under minus 130, 135 territory if you can get it. I've seen some 150s out there, and that's just a pass for me. This defensive tackle class, like I said, is very weak. I don't think he's that much of a difference maker to be taking him top 20. And in that 20 to 23 range, I just don't see where he's going. I don't see a team constantly taking him in the top 23 picks. I see him popping in at the 26 at the highest, down to the 32. So to me, you got three or four pick range where I think you should be going to be betting it. So my best bet here is Christian Barrymore over 23 and a half. Good up to minus 135. All right, guys, that's all she wrote. Thanks for going ahead and listening to the Betting Predators NFL Draft 2021 preview. Big thanks to the Hitman and the Dan for jumping on the podcast. Uh, shout out to Uncle Dave who crashed the party and then seamlessly just took off on us. So thanks for going ahead and giving out his advice and his picks. You guys know where to find us. All you guys can find us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at the Hitman 428, Dan Rivera 228, and at Dave underscore Essler. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the draft. <laughs>